Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Alrighty then. Hey, this is the WCHL podcast. I am the commissioner, Christopher Perry, Andrew Majorkirth, luckily for all of us listening. He's not here, but instead we have a very special guest. Um, he's the play-by-play, uh, uh, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. His, uh, his name is Matt Bowling. Matt, welcome to back to the WCHL podcast. Absolutely. Glad to be, glad to be back for my second appearance a sec- on this yeah, very prestigious podcast. How oh, prestigious, please! You don't need to butter my biscuit. <laughs> uh, but we're we're glad that you're you're subbing in here. Um, you know, we'd much rather have you than Andrew because Andrew doesn't really contribute an awful lot. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll get some prime opinions out of Matt Bowling. Now, Matt, I, I we were before we hit record, we we're talking about you. You do an awful lot of other stuff with with OU, not just with OU hockey. What uh, officially? I know you're a big o- Oklahoma basketball fan. And, and I said we weren't going to talk about it, but I can't help myself. In addition to being a student, in addition to being a the play-by-play guy for OU hockey, you are also you also have other responsibilities or other duties that you've taken on. Can you? What are those? Explain those to us. Uh, so I am the president of the Boom Squad, which is basically basically me and my team are responsible. Well. At the beginning of the season, our main responsibility was to just build hype and get students out to basketball games and just be, you know, be the be the student section leaders, basically. Okay. Um, but interestingly, we've recently had um, so much success in doing that that uh, other programs have been reaching out and asking us to help promote and and get people out for their events so that's awesome you know, if you go on our social media pages now you'll see the the most recent thing we posted where uh we're hyping up and trying to get people out for women's gymnastics tomorrow number number two versus uh number one michigan is is coming in oh that's right a rematch of last year's uh, national championship yeah a lot of a uh, lot a lot at stake lots of drama and we have a ton of uh, of fun stuff planned, so it, it should be a great night. Look at you, Matt. Now, Matt, Matt, you mentioned the social media for the Boom Squad, and it's for the University of Oklahoma Athletics. Go ahead, and before we get going, talking about ACHA hockey and Oklahoma hockey, what what are those social media? If people want to check out Matt and the Boom Squad, where would they look for it? You would go to at OU Boom Squad on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. All right. Interesting. And do you do, this is, I'm going to show my age. Okay. So forgive me, Matt, because I know you're much younger than I am. When you do on Instagram, do you do those silly reels and stuff like that? Um, well, oh, are you, are you talking about like, you know, kind of like TikTok style with like the dance videos and stuff? Yeah. And I'm not talking like you doing it. I'm talking about, cause you're, you're, you're one, you're the leader of the group, but I'm sure there are, there are people also in the group that do silly things like that. 
Yeah, I think we kind of, I actually think we kind of tried to start a, a TikTok page, but it hasn't really taken off. I don't know that there's a ton on there. Okay. I'm not involved with it because I, you know, I don't really do TikTok. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I'm more of a Twitter, Instagram guy with, with a little bit of Snapchat. There you go. All right. I like it. So OU Boom Squad on Twitter and on Instagram. And, um, not only are you doing uh, the the play by play for OU hockey and the support for Oklahoma men's basketball and Oklahoma wins, women's basketball, now the women's gymnastics team has uh, recruited you to help them for their final match of the season, uh, the penultimate uh, match before uh, they head off to uh, the NCAA's uh, number one also, versus number two. We've also been working with uh, women's tennis a little bit. Well, both tennis teams actually, men's and women's. Yeah. Uh, we did promo for a wrestling match one time, and I think I'm I'm starting to kind of get a sense uh, that uh, baseball might want us to help out a little bit too. And I I'd certainly love doing that because uh, you know I remember I remember high school games whenever whenever we had like a good a real strong student section, uh-huh. it was always a ton of fun. So I would I would certainly be be down to have that be kind of our main focus after basketball season's over. Very cool. Well, yeah, the Oklahoma basketball team is, uh, baseball team is doing very well off to a really good start. And when they start playing home games, most of their games have been down in Texas. Um, but uh, when they start playing home games, I know they put something on called uh, Doc B's Pizza Party on the Berm. Where if you go sit out on the outfield berms when don't <laughs> where you where you can heckle the outfielders from the opposing team, um, there's some uh, prestigious alumni, former uh, OU baseball players that'll they buy like hundreds of pizzas at a time and uh, they'll feed you as long as you come out and uh, support the baseball team. So and they call nice. it yeah pizza party on the berm, Doc B's pizza party on the berm. That's that's very cool. Well, I ho- hope you. Uh, I hope you find a whole lot of success with the other sports that you can turn that into a little cottage industry for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm always, you know, we, we have a lot of great teams here and, uh, some of them are, are really overlooked and I would certainly be glad to help change that. There you go. There you go. And one of the teams that's overlooked obviously is the hockey team, but that's not yep. because it's overlooked from the athletics department. It's just a sports club. It's probably one of the more successful sports clubs that Oklahoma has. Uh, you've been the broadcaster now for what? Three or four years? Uh, three, well, three seasons. Technically this is my fifth year. Oh my gosh. Uh, we lost, we lost last year to COVID. So I didn't call any games, but I was, uh, I did kind of do some stuff with the website. Nice. So I was active. Yeah. So, so you've, you've been around, uh, this is your fifth year of being around the, uh, OU hockey program. Go ahead. And before we dive into your thoughts on nationals, why don't you, uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll sit back and just open it up and say, well, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma's season? Oklahoma is done and they finished, uh, uh well, they, they, they finished with, a. Uh, getting swept by UCO, um, and so their season is done. What's uh, your take on how Oklahoma season went? Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of rough. I think uh, I think everyone knows that this wasn't the kind of season that we're used to having. It's not the, definitely not the kind of season that we wanted to have in our 
first year back from COVID and our, our first year with Coach Miller. But, you know, the thing was, we just, we were almost never at full strength. I was, I was talking to Coach Miller after the last home game and uh, I, I asked him, how many games do you think that, how many games were we at full strength, do you think? And he said, like one maybe i mean it was just we had we had so many guys that got hurt uh you know some roster turnover in the middle of the season uh we just yeah i've I've never seen anything like it i mean it it got to the point where he literally did not have any scratches that, that he could give us because sometimes we need a, a scratch to, to come up and, and run the camera or the computer for us. And there were points in the season that he had nobody. He had nobody to, to give us. So wow. at, that point, had to, at that point, we had to go into the stands and pull a parent out. To come <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so that was, you know, that created a new challenge for us too. Um, but the good news is we are only losing one guy to graduation, Hunter Lane. Um, Kevin Moran is also graduating, but unfortunately he had to end his season and his career prematurely due to uh, some concussion problems. Um, So hate to see that, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting senior night. uh, There were, more staffers out there being recognized than there were players. Now, were you one of the ones that was out there? I was, yes. It Very was, nice. Uh, me, Ben Thomas, uh, well, Ruxton Kelly couldn't be there, but he was also, he's also graduating from the broadcast crew. Uh, and then our, um, our student uh, assistant trainer, Emily, is also graduating. So that's, Oh, and our graphics guy, Jordan Lanou. So that's five staffers and two players, <laughs> only only one of which was, was actually dressed out and, and played in the game. Yeah. That's wild. Well, that, hey, but good, good on them for honoring the uh, the off ice, the folks that contribute uh, off the ice. They're just as important as the guys on the ice, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And we, 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 we definitely appreciate it. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, there's, I think even though this season was a little rough, I think there's reason to be very optimistic about the way things are headed. Kind of like, if I'm going to throw it right back to what we were just talking about, OU basketball for the men. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Well, is there anybody on the OU hockey team that uh, that stood out this season, even though it was a tough season in terms of injuries and results on the ice? Yeah, I mean, um, I thought some of our our goaltenders really stepped up. We had to replace Phil Babb uh, early in the season, so we leaned a lot on Brendan Colbertson Bond early. Uh, I mean, he was literally playing both games in these back-to-backs, like not getting any nights off. And he was, he was really doing all he could standing on his head. Um, Gage Redman also came in later in the season. He's a a freshman and he had some really solid games. So uh, yeah, both of those guys, I think stepped up. 
And I've always been impressed with number 24, uh, Cameron Bickford. I thought he... The, most of the opposing teams always seem to target uh, 24 because they recognize his talent and that he's one of the better players on the team. And so they tend to, you know, focus some of their efforts uh, on him. But 24 plays well. And um, there was a, uh, a player, you'll have to help me with it, with the name, with the number, but I believe the uh, Glass, Tristan Glass, is it 12? Yep, number 12. Yeah, I thought uh, every, the chances I got to see them this year, I thought uh, number twelve played pretty well too. Had some, yeah. had some good moves, and uh, I'm not oh. going to say he lit the place up, but uh, he was pretty solid. I thought. Yeah, Mar- Marshall rushing too. Number twenty seven was uh, was another guy that was kind of uh, uh, on that level. Yeah, really. And and you know well, he he does things very quietly. That's the, that's the wild thing. There are, there are guys. You know, when you think of UCO. I mean, UCO has a has an army of, of guys, but you think number one of their leading goal scorer, number nineteen, Mikhailov. Yeah. Uh, when you think of Arizona, there's number fifteen, Cusinelli. He's their lead yep. dog. Um, when you think of Utah right now, it's uh, uh, Shaylan Dekusic. Um, Marshall Rushing leads Oklahoma or was leading Oklahoma in points uh, there for a long time, in, but he just goes about it so quietly. It's almost yeah. like you, you don't notice him on the ice until, you know, next thing you know, the puck's in the back of the net and they're announcing his name over the speaker. Yeah, and I think, you know, another thing that may have contributed to that is that he, like pretty much everybody, had uh, was was out for periods of time with uh, with an injury during mm. the season. Okay. So he missed, yeah, he missed some games, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, was, it was noticeable for sure. Okay. When he was here and when he wasn't. Yeah, well, so you're saying uh, a tough season, but uh, the the future looks bright, according to Matt Bowling, is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, cool. Well, are you uh, you ready to talk some national championships, some ACHA Men's Division One Nationals? Absolutely. Let's do it. 20 teams are going to St. Louis next week. Uh, games will start on Thursday. The 13 through 20 seeds will play one another on Thursday. The winners of those games will get to be the Sacrificial Lambs on Friday against uh, seeds 1 through 4. Then we have seeds 5 through 12 will play on Saturday. The Friday-Saturday winners will play on Sunday. Then we have semifinals Monday, and we crown a champion on Tuesday. And, Matt, let's, uh, let's do this because we get started on Thursday morning. It's the 13 and 20 matchup. It's pittsburgh number 13 taking on navy navy is the champion of the echa which is a conference out of philadelphia what do you think is going to happen there between the panthers and the midshipmen well pitt swept navy 7-4 and 4-0 when these teams met in early november so give me the Panthers. all right look at you coming out with facts i like it I like. I didn't realize Pitt and Navy had already played. They're in two different conferences. Ah, good for you. All right. Well, hey, um, game number two on Thursday is Maryville from my B conference, the MCH, the champions of the MCH, and they're taking on the number nineteen, John Carroll. I think are they the they're the Flames or the Flashes or something like that. I don't know what they are. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. Oh, it, they're the Golden Flashes. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. So uh, help me out here. And John Carroll is the winner of the CHMA. They won the pl- they won the auto bid by beating Pitt in the championship game of their conference playoff. So Maryville versus JCU. What do I, you think? I, 
I have to say, I'm really impressed with how far Maryville has come in just a few years at the D1 level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember two two years ago, I think, we played them to open the season, uh, and we won handily. Yeah. And now here they are, the number 14 seed at, at Nationals. Um, and as you said, champions of the uh, MCH. So really impressive what they're building over there coach hogan's doing a good job a little inside baseball and nobody listens to this podcast so i I can say this especially since coach hogan doesn't listen after that oklahoma series i got a phone call or 20 complaining about how physical oklahoma plays and about how uh, how banged up maryville was to start the season and that they weren't ever going to open the season ever again with oklahoma because they couldn't afford to take so many injuries right off the bat and i just huh. and i just thought to myself that wasn't physical come on that might be yeah i was going to say that might be the first time i've uh, ever heard anyone describe our team as very physical <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so Maryville versus John Carroll. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm taking the Saints. They they you look look at their resume. They 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 have a pretty solid resume. They swept Missouri State a month ago. Uh, won two one in a shootout, four three in overtime. They played Lindenwood four times and were relatively competitive. They lost four one, five one, three one, and three nothing. So didn't get you know seven or eight piece like like some teams have yeah so you know gotta gotta give them credit they've uh they've come a long way as i said in a few years and uh i think they're ready to go out and win their first game at nationals yeah they they, they played at nationals last year and i think they played uh adrian or liberty i forget who it was well whoever it was just blew them out of the water it was like 12 to 1 it was brutal all right, so you got Maryville, the Saints over the Golden Flashes. The next game should be a fun one. Ohio, the number 15 seed, takes on uh, Niagara. Niagara, the champion of the NECHL. And here's the thing that I find interesting about Ohio, Matt. They come in with a Division One record of 14 wins, 13 losses, and five ties. And yet they're still the number 15 seed. That's kind of... I don't know. I know they play in a good conference, but uh, you tell me, what do you think? In, in Ohio and Niagara, I think they played already this season. They did. They did. Um, yeah, you look at Ohio, they have played a really tough schedule. All but nine of their games were against teams that are in this tournament. Wow. They've, they've played Lindenwood five times. They've played Iowa State and Liberty four times each, and they've played Adrian and Stony Brook twice each. But, as you said, they did play Niagara in early December, and they got swept 3-2 in overtime and 4-3 in overtime. Oh, okay. All right. So they they were close games. They went past regulation, but they still ended up losing them. Yep. Interesting. All right. Well, knowing that history... Um, what do you think? Niagara, they're the Purple Eagles in Ohio. The other OU, you know, they claim to be the real OU, but I wonder about that. Um, I'll call them the other OU. Uh, The Bobcats and the Purple Eagles. What do you think? I'm actually going to take the Bobcats. I think they're they're battle-tested. I'm sure losing back-to-back overtime games to this team left them with a very 
very bitter taste in their mouth and uh yeah i'm they will be eager to get revenge when it matters most i think so too i i wouldn't at all be surprised if uh if if this is an ugly game simply because of, of that history of you know they've already played this season niagara swept them and i if i remember correctly i believe ohio had some players that were unavailable for various reasons whether it was covid or suspensions or whatever um, so Niagara didn't necessarily get Ohio at their full strength, but uh, so this could be an ugly, ugly, ugly game. So interesting. All right, so you've taken the Bobcats, and then the last game on Thursday, it's it's the sixteen seventeen game, which is usually an absolute dogfight. But uh, in this case, I guess we should say it should be a a cat versus Wolverine fight since it's Arizona uh, from the Western Collegiate Hockey League taking on the Wolverines from Michigan Dearborn number 17 seed what do you think will happen there yeah kind of like you kind of like you mentioned this game really feels like a toss-up and i guess in a way that's what you want in a 16 17 game right yep um both of these teams have been pretty competitive uh against some pretty tough opponents arizona has faced unlv and minot state and michigan dearborn has faced liberty and adrian so uh both have been tested against some high-level opponents, but uh, I look at what's happened recently, and Michigan-Dearborn just took a 6-1 loss to Indiana Tech uh, at the end of the regular season, so I feel like they might be a little bit out of sorts coming into this thing, so... I'm going to give it to Arizona. There you go. There you go. Remember, I, I don't want to have to remind you all the time, but this is the WCHL podcast. So uh, I like it when the home teams get uh, get some uh, get some love. So Arizona. All right. So Pitt, Maryville, Ohio, and Arizona. You're basically going chalk on day one um, yep. with the 13 through 16 seeds beating the, the all the lower seeds which will make for an interesting day, too, because that's when the big boys come out, seeds one through four. And if we were to take your Matt's picks, that means the first game on Friday is number four, Nevada, Las Vegas. There's Skating Rebels taking on the Pitt Panthers. And I'll just remind you again, Matt, WCHL, UNLV, so tread lightly. Oh, yeah. No, no need to worry here. I think UNLV just has too much firepower. Yeah, I think they'll, especially Pitt will, uh, second game in, in two days, I think it'll be, and UNLV will be a little bit fresher. I think uh, UNLV will just take care of business. Yeah. What about the next game? It'd be Iowa State then taking on Maryville. Okay, so here is where we see a bit of an upset potential. Uh-oh. Two, there were two close games between these teams in Ames back in October. Iowa State won 4-2 with an empty net goal and 2-1 in a shootout. Yeah. I feel I feel like if Maryville comes in with a little bit of momentum, if they can take care of business against John Carroll, uh, I think we might see a little bit of March Madness here and the Saints will pull the upset. Look at you. I like it. I like it. I like it. A little bit of Maryville love. The uh, I'll, again inside baseball. I got a late night phone call after uh, that Saturday game in Ames, Iowa, and I had to explain to the uh, person that called me that uh, shootout games that go to overtime or shootout count as ties in the eyes of the computer. It doesn't matter 
that you uh, won or lost or that it was a one goal win or a one goal loss, it counts as a tie. So I uh, had to explain I that will, really quick. I will admit I was not aware of that. Yeah, well, it's there, there was a coach or two that wasn't aware of that too. So, But that was back in October. <laughs> they, they, they became aware of that since then. So, okay, so Mary, the first, so you're taking number 14 to upset number three right out of the gate. I like it. I like it. Let's move on to the next game because the next game's got some two perennial powerhouses out of the ACHA playing one another. That'd be the number 15 Ohio Bobcats taking on the number two seed, Minot State, the Beavers from North Dakota. Yeah, the Beavers lost in the title game last year, and they look to be back with a vengeance. Yeah. They are 30-2. and two. Uh, Their only losses are to UNLV and Jamestown, but they played Jamestown seven times. The, the Jimmies were bound to take one at some point, right? <laughs> you would think. The odds were in their favor yeah. to get at least one. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bobcats are just going to be overwhelmed here. Yeah. I, my, my nuts, uh, I've, I've said it before on uh, this podcast and on others, my nut just grinds you into submission. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen to Ohio there. They'll... They're, they're, it's not going to be, uh, it won't be pretty and it won't be flashy, though it'll be very uh, utilitarian and very workmanlike. And at the end of the day, Minot will end up with a three or four goal win. Yep. Well, and then the uh, last game of the night on Friday night will be the number one seed, the home team, the host of the, uh, well, not the host, but I guess they're playing in their home rank. It's the Lindenwood Lions taking on the number 16 Arizona Wildcats. Again, Arizona from the Western Collegiate League, so tread lightly there, Matt. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Lindenwood, uh, as John Bucci-Gross might say, looks like a wagon this year. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, one thing I noticed, too, is that they only played 21 games in the regular season, so it's it's pretty likely that they won't be as worn down as some of the other teams in this tournament. Yep, yep, and that could cut both ways, couldn't it? Right, they could uh, they could be fresh and uh, have plenty of uh, I guess plenty of uh, plenty left in the gas tank to make a, a decent run. You know, four games in uh, five days, or it could be that they're you know rusty and out of sorts and could be prime for the taking. But you're saying Lindawood will take care of Arizona. Yeah, well, they did. They keep in mind they they did have a dominant run uh in their conference tournament they beat they beat ohio i think ohio 6-1 and iowa state 8-1 or yeah. do i have, or i may have those flipped no i think you have them right because i remember the 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 6-1 win wasn't an eye opener but the 8-1 win over number three really was yep you're like whoa so they could be uh, they could be primed for a run. Okay, so you're you're saying we're going to have one major upset that Iowa State will get bounced by Maryville, but otherwise, number four UNLV, number two Minot, and number one Lindenwood will move on. I like it. And then we get to Saturday. Saturdays where the five through twelve seeds play, and these are all just heavyweight fights. I think these are just slugfest left and right. And it starts on Saturday morning with number five Liberty taking on number 12, Illinois. Matt, what do you think? Liberty beat Illinois 6-3 on November 20th. I think the Flames come out on top again. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think Liberty they're known for uh underperforming at nationals, but I think they're just gonna outmatch Illinois here. Uh, the next game involves another WCHL uh, uh, member, so uh, be careful what you say, Matt. Um, this is number six, Central Oklahoma. Oklahoma's arch rival, I should say. So, yeah, you got to be extra careful what you say there, Matt. Um, and then uh, they're taking on the champions of the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, the number 11 Warriors from Indiana Tech. So, UCO versus iTech. Yeah, looking at Indiana Tech's schedule, I, I just don't think they're prepared to play a team like UCO. Really? Give, give me the Broncos. All right. There you go. I like that. UCO. And then the next game also involves a WCHL member, but they're on the lower side of the seeds. It's a rematch from a couple of years ago at Nationals down in Frisco. It's the defending national champion, uh, Adrian Bulldogs. They're the number seven seed, and they're taking on Missouri State as the number 10 seed. Yep. Adrian... Defending champs, uh, come they do come in as the seventh seed, like you said, but uh, I think this is one team that you can't really count out in the postseason. Plus, they had a run of blowout wins to close the regular season, so uh, they they look to be in pretty great form. So I think I will take the Bulldogs here. There you go. All right. And then the last game of the uh, on Saturday night, it's the 8-9 game, which, like that 16-17 game, should pit two evenly matched teams against one another. The Stony Brook Seawolves. Matt, do you know what a seawolf is? Have you ever known? I mean, what's a seawolf? Is that a submarine? Well, well their, their, their logo, um, I don't know for hockey, but for other sports, their logo is a, a wolf. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like, kind of got some ocean elements in it so, <laughs> so it, it could be a mythical creature is what you're saying i guess yeah maybe i'm, I'm i was just it's it's always uh, puzzled me and, and i probably pondered way too long about uh, uh mascots and uh, proper names uh, but this is a battle of funky mascots because we have the sea wolves from stony brook the number eight seed against the jimmies of jamestown number nine and and matt here's another thing to keep in mind jamestown has a as a goofy Division One record, they come in with a losing Division One record. Actually, they're ten wins, eleven losses, five ties, at least from their Division One games. So, the mythical Sea Wolves against whatever a Jimmy is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, looking at the schedule, I uh, I see Stony Brook swept Adrian three two and five two back in October. They also split with Liberty, winning 5 nothing and losing 6-4 in late January. And much like Adrian, they seem to be in good form with some blowout wins to close the regular season. Uh, meanwhile, Jamestown was just on the wrong end of a 9 nothing game. Ooh. So, yeah, Minot State really uh, took them to the cleaners, so... You know, kind of like Michigan Dearborn. I think uh, I think one team's kind of got a little bit of bit more momentum, and uh, I think it's going to be Stony Brook. There you go. All right, Stony Brook. So going chalk again on Saturday with Liberty, UCO, Adrian, and Stony Brook, which means on the quarterfinals on Sunday, the quarterfinals according to Matt will see Liberty, the number five seed, taking on number four Nevada Las Vegas. Wow. These teams, they've played three times already this season. 
Yeah, they did. They they met at Liberty in late January. Most recently, the Flames won the first game 7-4. They scored three power play goals, but UNLV won 3-1 the next day with their stud goalie, Zach Wixon, in net. Uh, he is 16-2-1 with a 2.09 goals against average and a 9-2-9 save percentage. So, I think if the Rebels can stay out of the box and Wixon is his usual self, they should win. All righty there. Going Western Collegiate Hockey League. I like it. So, Flames will lose their third game out of four uh, to UNLV. I like that. The next game we'll see... Um, Boy, it would be tough for me because it's conference versus conference. It'll be the number six UCO Broncos taking on the number 14 upset winners, the Maryville Saints. UCO versus Maryville, A conference versus the B conference. Yeah, um, I think I think the Cinderella run ends here. Again, UCO, I think, might just have a little too much firepower for the Saints. Yeah, I think so too. That'll be... Uh, yeah, and especially since Maryville, will, that will be their third game in four days. They'll be uh, kind of beat up. So, uh, okay, very good. And then the uh, boy, the the third game of the quarterfinals, we'll see uh, just a heck of a matchup. It's a repeat of last year's national championship game. Uh, the Minot Beavers, number two seed, taking on the number seven Adrian Bulldogs. In fact, I think that's the rematch from the last two national championships i think minot beat adrian to win it all in frisco and adrian beat minot last year to win it all in st louis i believe you are right yeah there's not a whole lot of love lost between these two teams i know that for a fact definitely they've already they've already met once this season uh november 21st minot state won 5-2 uh, I think we see it again. The Beavers are on a mission, and uh, I'm sure they'll be happy to for the chance to knock Adrian out of the tournament. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and Adrian, uh, surprisingly, they lost in the their first game of their conference tournament uh, recently against Grand Valley State. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one works out. Uh, but yeah, my nod, I think, is just going to take care of business. Uh, then the final game, the final quarterfinal game, we'll see... The Lions, number one, Lindenwood, taking on number eight, Stony Brook. Those mythical Seawolves reappear yet again. So Lions versus Seawolves, Lindenwood versus Stony Brook. Yeah, Lindenwood, again, I just think <laughs> too much power. There you go. That's some. Sometimes it's as simple as that. <laughs> well, that sets up an interesting uh, thing because in the semifinals, we reseed and the highest seed will play the lowest, and then the two in the middle will play one another. So that means the first uh, semifinal will see uh, Lindenwood, the number one seed. They'll be taking on number six, UCO. What do you uh, think is going to happen there? Lindenwood versus UCO. These, t- these two teams didn't play at all this year. They did not. Uh, no. So this would be a really exciting matchup. Uh, as we've said, both of these teams can score at a really high volume. Uh the thing is, though, UCO, as anyone at OU can tell you, uh, is a very physical team. So the key for Lindenwood here would be not letting that physicality throw them off their game, especially since they haven't faced UCO this season. So it probably wouldn't be something that they're used to. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Lindenwood does tend to be uh, all offense all the time, and their defense and their goaltending can be suspect and can be taken advantage of if they, uh, you know, if they actually have to play defense. And UCO has the capability to make them do that. So, uh, which way are you thinking here? Lindenwood versus uh, Central Oklahoma. Let's hear a winner. I think Lindenwood pulls it out. All righty. Well, the folks in Edmond will be disappointed. They'll probably write it off as a bias, but um, uh, we'll we'll let it slide. We know better than that. So that means the other quarterfinal game, Matt, is going to be the number two Minot Beavers taking on the number four UNLV Skating Rebels. These two teams have already met as well earlier this season. Yep, November 20th, UNLV won 2-1 behind Zach Wixon. But... I think it goes the other way this time. Let's remember these beavers are on a mission and they kick, they tend to just kick into a different gear in the national tournament. Okay. I th- as, as you mentioned with Ohio, they're just going to grind the rebels into submission. Wow. So both Western collegiate hockey league teams that make the semifinals, you say they're going to get bounced in the semifinals, leaving a national championship game on Tuesday night, March the 15th, Number one versus number two. The computer will have had it right in Matt Bowling's eyes. Lindenwood, number one versus number two, Minot. they got to play the game, though, so who do you think is going to win the game? Minot State has knocked Lindenwood out of the last two national tournaments, and they will do it again. Ooh, look at you. Beavers just seem to have the Lions' number. Uh, I I remember actually the last time the last time they faced each other, Minot State beat them in the semifinals, uh, and I was I was talking about it with Coach Miller because I was interviewing him for kind of a for a feature for the website, and he really gave me a good breakdown of you know as you said the the way that Minot State really just grinds teams into submission. They don't give up a lot defensively. You're not going to get odd man rush opportunities. Basically, uh, they take away a lot of the stuff that Lindenwood thrives at. Yeah. All right. Well, I like it. The hockey gods will, will like that one. You know, there's I know there's a lot of uh, angst and um, upset stomachs, if you will, regarding you know Lindenwood this season and uh, you know potentially going NCAA in the coming coming years. And uh, meantime, they're yeah. building up their their roster with NCAA players. So yeah. uh, you're saying well, Minot will upset them? They're you know they've already got the uh, NCAA women's team, and now their uh, their whole athletic program is uh, is moving to Division One as they're joining the uh, Ohio Valley Conference. Yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting, but but the hockey team got left behind, and the hockey team wasn't even included in the announcement, which I thought was uh, telling. I think telling is the proper word right now. Uh, you know, maybe when we un- when I unhit the record button, I can use other words, but for right now, I'll just say I think it was telling that they were not included in the announcement. Yeah. So. All right. Well, very, very good, Matt. Do you plan on watching the games at all, or are you going to try to uh, are you going to try to hop a ride on a, on a bus or get up there? Or are you just going to sit there and watch the results? Uh, if if OU had been in it, I probably uh, I probably would have seen if we had an extra spot on the bus. But uh, nah, I'm probably just going to follow from home, see what happens. 
Hey, I do. Uh, I, I I do feel the need to issue a, a sort of disclaimer. Uh oh. Uh, because the last time you had me on, you had me pick some games. Yeah. And or some series, I guess. And I'm I if I remember correctly, I think I was about oh for five. <laughs> so okay. if you're if you're listening to this podcast to try to you know try to gain some knowledge to inform your picks. Uh, maybe the smartest move would just be to fade me. <laughs> <laughs> don't take fade these picks, picks. Don't take these picks to the sports book is what you're saying, huh? Yes. Fade, <laughs> fade Matt. Fade Matt. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, it, it, Matt, had you told me that the picks that you made uh, the last time we had you on, that you went 5-0, and oh, I would have believed you. Had you said I went 0-5, oh I believe you. And you said you split it right down the middle. I believe you. I don't. I, I, I think it's just fun to to talk ACHA hockey, and I don't necessarily think we're uh, you know taking a debit credit, making sort of a T column to figure out who's who's the who's the Jimmy the Greek or the uh, um, I don't know who the who the most current guys are who's who's out there in terms of picking. I just showed my age in terms of. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know who it is that does uh, sports betting these days, but, um, yeah, don't, don't, these are, these are not for gambling purposes. These are for entertainment purposes only. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, Matt, if you want to watch it, you can watch it on hockey TV. There's a $5 discount code that's floating around out there. I think the promo code is ACHA 2020 and it'll get you $5 off your, uh, I think it's twenty nine ninety nine. gets you down to 25 bucks. You can watch all the games from Men's Division One, plus all the other games from the Men's Division Two, Men's Division Three, and Women's Division One and Women's Division Two. Um, or you can also just follow along on the ACHA uh, Twitter account for Men's Division One. I. I think I might know who will be operating that Twitter account during the next couple of days. Um, and that's at ACHA Men's D1 on Twitter. And then, uh, you know, if you want to join, if you're listening to this podcast, number one, we apologize. We thank Matt for being here, but we apologize. You have to listen to me. Um, But there's also, if you want to play along and submit your own picks, there's a Google contest out there that uh, a a fantastic uh, gentleman from Ohio has put together where you can select your own picks, uh, just like Matt did. And um, if you're right... You can, uh, you might even win a prize. I might know the person who's supplying some of the prizes. So uh, uh, that's in. We've already, I've already put that uh, that link out there on the Western Collegiate Hockey League uh, Twitter account and also on the WCHL Podcast Twitter account at WCHL Pod. But I'll do it again over the next couple of days. Um, it's also on the ACHA Men's D One Twitter account. So Matt, do you think what's what's the big overarching? Um, uh, just give me a, a, a summary, if you will, of this season from an ACHA perspective, uh, because it was kind of the first season that we did the, of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, where we did 10 teams, two divisions. It wasn't the three games in three days anymore, um, that we used to do on the weekends with travel partners. Uh, is there, is there a big storyline out there in your mind from the, from an ACHA point of view? Are we talking Lindenwood and the 19 dwarves? Are we, is it, do you think the championship is up for grabs or are we all just fighting against, uh, one or two other teams? I think 
it seems like there's a bit of a drop off between, say, Lindenwood and Minot and everybody else. Okay. Um, I mean, you look well. Well, you look who's the number three seed, Iowa State. Well, Lindenwood just beat them eight to one. So there's a lot of separation, is what you're saying, between yeah. the the top two and then everybody else. Yes. All right. Interesting. I, I do think, you know, even though there is some separation between the top two and everybody else, uh, it's still, I, I think if you go down, you know, the three to like, from three to like maybe nine or, or 10 even, uh, I, I, I think it's fairly even. So there should be a lot of good games in this tournament. A lot of great games. There usually are. You look at them on paper and you're like, ugh, 13 versus 20. Oh, but it turns out to be a barn burner. So, uh, uh, yeah, the turn, Nationals always brings out the best, and uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Do you have a – I know that you said that there's a, a lot of drop-off after Lindenwood and Minot, but uh, if you had to pick a dark horse that's not Lindenwood, that's not Minot, if you had to pick a dark horse, who would uh, – candidate, who would Matt Bowling pick is that dark horse potential? Honestly, uh, and I, I hope I don't get too much flack from uh, everybody here at OU for saying this, but UCO, uh, and that's just because I've I've seen them play a lot this year. I know you know they've got a they've got a bona fide superstar with Vitaly Mikhailov. They've got some solid goaltending, and as I said, they're very physical. They can really throw you off your game if you let them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think they they have the potential to create some disruption. Yep. Well, I don't think you need to worry about any flack, Matt, because nobody listens to this podcast. Uh, first and foremost, it's just me and you. Um, but uh, I think you're right. Um, UCO, I think, has... Um, you know, UCO can go one of two ways, right? They they have a lot of talent, and they if they play hockey, uh, I think they can go very very far and very deep in this uh, in this tournament. However, they also have the opportunity to go off the deep end and become nutty and to you know try to be the most macho team on the ice and um, take that physicality, you know another step you know perhaps maybe after the whistle if you will and you know that could uh, uh that could come back to bite them in the rear end uh, so let's hope let's hope they come and play hockey i get a sense they will yeah yeah very good all right matt listen i appreciate you taking time out of your evening and um appreciate all the effort that you do to uh bring the uh university of oklahoma hockey broadcast to the masses i tune in every now and then um, I always like it when you're on the call uh, because you have that nice booming voice. I'm not going to say a boom squad voice, but you have a nice booming voice. <laughs> and it, it always seems like we're getting a, uh, like it's an event. Like, uh, you know, we're tuning in and it's something special when we've got Matt Bowling on the call. And I always appreciate you uh, putting up with me and my baloney on this uh, silly podcast. I know you're busy. I know you're studying. You've got... Uh, you know, you're, you've got your own stuff that you've got to take care of in addition to the other opportunities uh, that you're experiencing, at, whether it's basketball, gymnastics. So I just want to say thank you for what you do for the people that watch at home. And also thank you for taking time out of your night tonight to uh, put up and humor me. 
So appreciate it very much. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I love what I do. So I love talking about it. So I'll always, I'll always take an opportunity to maybe uh, tell some folks who otherwise wouldn't know. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, I'm going to hit a button. Let's get out of here, Matt. You hang on the line here so we can talk afterwards. And in the meantime, Matt, uh, have fun at the gymnastics. I do not want you to get on the balance beam tomorrow night. Okay. Stay away from the balance beam. <laughs> you can get on the parallel bars or the uneven bars. I think they are at, uh, at, yeah. at for the women. Um, right. and, and please do not flip flop around and do any, uh, do anything silly on the floor, but just avoid the balance beam, please. <laughs> All righty, Matt. Thanks so much for your time. Stick around. Uh, hang on after the after the call here. In uh... whoop, I'm going to get you out of here. Thanks, Matt. All righty. <laughs>